Hello, and thank you for receiving our transmission from the Nexus of Realities. I'm Soltis, and joining me are my friends and fellow transdimensional beings, Beaches. I got nip. <laughs> Hello, it's Beaches. <laughs> Lumberdor. If you're going to be a murderous chef, make sure and call somebody a donkey after they pay $12,000 to meet your food. They're paying $12,000 for food. They probably are a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> and Doug. You know, we had a movie where the climax revolved around curling, and now we have one where the climax revolves around a cheeseburger. So I love this streak of weird climaxes. Mm. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> the menu is a well-structured and expertly paced satirical thriller, black comedy, lots of descriptors, I know, centered around a celebrity chef's disturbing masterpiece of culinary art, executed in his remote and exclusive restaurant. In our discussion of the menu, we will most likely be spoiling everything. So if this is a movie that is on your radar, stop the transmission, watch it, and then come back to the discussion. That is as much warning as you're going to get here. Also, if you enjoy our discussion series and would like to contribute or get in contact with us, consider visiting our Patreon page or our website at OurMidnightCake.com, liking, subscribing, and sharing the transmission with your friends. Be sure to join us next week for our discussion of the 2019 dramatic comedy sleeper hit film, The Peanut Butter Falcon, written and directed by Tyler Nilsson and Michael Schwartz in their directorial debut. So this is this has become a food movie podcast, and we move from yes. pig to the menu. So so. Pig to the menu. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping next to do the Julia Childs thing, the name of which I forgot. Julia and Julia. Um, and then next we'll do um, Ratatouille. Yeah, we'll do Ratatouille. Then we can do everything everywhere all at once, which has Rakakuni, which is influenced by Ratatouille. <laughs> Overall, first impressions. I've I've had a great time with it. I thought it was very entertaining. How about you guys? Oh yeah, I was telling them before we started recording. Like I planned on watching it over two nights, but I was like so into it. I was like, crap, I have to know what happens. I'm gonna stay up all night to finish this. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's a good sign of a movie, right? How it's structured. I don't know. I like that old uh, no-nose Voldemort was our lead chef in this. So, I mean, that was a good start, you know. <laughs> I, I had Fiennes a prediction. is fantastic. He's awesome. I believe I mentioned that he's my uh, pick for a reboot to uh, Captain Picard. Oh, there oh, we go. they about yeah. the same age or something? There we go. I, I wouldn't I guess think he's a little so. younger. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> By a few decades, yes. Okay. <laughs> He's one of those people that just has a presence. I don't know. He like doesn't even have oh, yeah. to say anything. He just walks out and stares at everyone. Like Which gravitas. is great for this for this movie. With or without a nose. I, I, for real. <laughs> I mean, the nose is really the window into the soul. And yet he conveyed so much emotion without one. <laughs> but he's the only Lego character with a nose from the Harry Potter <laughs> series, you know, because how nice. their nose are constructed. Anya Taylor Joy, once again, she Dude, is she's awesome. fast becoming my favorite actress of the modern age. I was thinking about that when we were watching this. Well, but it's it's true though that she, I mean, kind of like we were talking about Ralph Fiennes, like she conveys a lot even when she's not mm -hmm. talking, yes, or even when she's she not the main focus of the shot. Or, you know, that you can tell that there's more layers to that character from the beginning and the unfolding of what she's really why she's really there 
it's like a pretty cool reveal in the movie. I and think. I think too, that's one reason like that other show she was in, the Queen's Gambit. That's one thing that drew me into that show was that same kind of presence she has because like I mean, she can make chess interesting. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. no, that's talent. One, her character's so different than everybody else in the movie. That just makes it stand out that much more. But especially as you learn more about what's going on and then she starts kind of conflicting more with the other characters at the restaurant. Um, I just enjoy her character that much more um, when conflict arises. Well, for me, there were a couple of characters in this that I was very interested in. If I could improve on the movie at all, I wasn't as interested in or really interested in all most of the dinner guests. <laughs> But but the ones that were interesting were enough to, you know, engage me throughout the movie. Something about the characters is that you know as much as you need to know about them. Yeah, totally, totally. You don't need their whole backstory or their history, but you know enough to understand why the chef wants to kill them, whether it's a good reason or not. What an interesting premise, I thought, for a story. It's a, another revenge story. And the setup is so bizarre. The movie was written by Seth Rice and Will Tracy based on an original story created by Will Tracy. Mm. And he based it off of a dining experience that he had at a restaurant called, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation because it's a it's in Norway, but it's uh, Cornelius Schjomestrant on an island in Norway during a honeymoon and later suggested the story to Seth Rice inspired by that experience. Mm. Several key people from the world of fine dining were brought in as consultants for the film, including uh, food designers who mm. recreated various dishes from their restaurants. David Gelb was brought in to recreate the filmmaking style of the Netflix docuseries Chef's Table. Oh, interesting. Because so, I was thinking all the shots in the kitchen are super cool. Like, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. where, where they're just plating stuff, like the attention they give to just them like putting things on plates with tweezers, and yet it was like Super and that interesting was, and that, fun I like that line too, where the I don't remember what she said exactly, but the food critic she mentioned they the tweezed tweezers. it to death. Yeah, tweezed it to death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I found that aspect very interesting, and especially when they get to the barracks, uh, where all the staff live, very regimental, very clean, very pristine, very minimalist. Spartan. Spartan's a good word. They are there just to sleep, because yeah. every other time they're out cultivating. Curing, gelling, and, gelling <laughs> and yeah, all those, all those verbs. <laughs> I feel like that barracks moment is the first moment where you're kind of like, I mean, it's kind of, I guess, you know, it's like kind of strange to be going to an island for like an exclusive, but like something about the barracks is like the first moment of unease. If we're talking like horror movie wise, you're like, mm -hmm. that's a little, like, this is kind of weird that you all live in like a military style barracks. And the, and the way she talks about it, like, She's so matter of fact about like that's no, no, that's all we do. And I thought she was great. I can't remember her name. The casting I thought was very well done. Oh, and you got John Leguizamo is like the slimy movie guy. He's a great slime ball. I'm reading here now that he based the character on Steven Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's that's uh, he's like, well, I'm gonna crank it up to Seagal for this one. Let's go. <laughs> But all these various people, we have the group of tech bros, mm, this mm -hmm. older 
established wealthy couple, the critic and her personal assistant, the movie star and his personal assistant, the foodie, foodie character and his date. And they're all there specifically invited for this, what will ultimately be the masterpiece of this prolific chef's career, except for Anya Taylor-Joy's character. She wasn't invited, but Mm. she's just there as a guest. And so speaking of the plot, they're all there to get murdered. And they all have very specific reasons why they're there to get murdered. But it factors into the loss of love and enjoyment that the chef has for his industry and for his craft specifically. He's taking revenge out on all of these people. <laughs> now, I found that if you if you tried too hard to think about whether or not each specific person deserved what they were getting, you just come to the conclusion that the chef is probably just crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's very much a sociopath. Yeah. When they walk into the restaurant and everyone sit down, everything is very... Like the attention to detail is fantastic, regimented, almost militaristic, especially how the kitchen staff operate. And whenever the chef claps and oh, they yeah, yeah, jump yeah. to attention, stopping what they're doing so they can listen to what he's saying and very cult mentality. What did you guys think of his monologues? I love them. The wordplay the in the script was, is, was brilliant. It's incredibly well written. I loved it. The, the what? It's so the Taco, the taco Tuesday one. one. I was oh, just like, the Taco Holy. Night. Taco yes. Night. Yes. Because <laughs> you're at that moment in the movie where he can say whatever he wants there. And it's just mm-hmm. like the most unhinged madness. And it makes you so uncomfortable. I've never been so uncomfortable with someone talking about tacos. And I loved his, his mother being there too. Cause like, just sitting there drinking. I kind of figured just from other movies where you see like a relative's uh, the owner or somebody's always sitting there or whatever. But then as you discover the plot more like, oh, he he made his mother come to this, too. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> like she wronged him. <laughs> the monologues get more disturbing and more personal and more just out there. And it's interesting how how the people try and cope with it or play it off as part of the theater of the experience. The chef comes out, it's all part of the menu to return to your seats. The critic is talking about theatricality. The actor is talking about blood squibs and just playing it all off because that would be crazy. Otherwise, you know, (laughs) the people seem to be in, in in states of belief and disbelief, uh, different Mm -hmm. states. Yeah, you yes. have those that are talking about like, oh, it's just, and then the others that seem, you know, like they, they're done with it. They want to go. You know, that's one of those where it's it's so disturbing in what what they don't show, right? I mean, that's not a particular yeah, some of it like, is, gory, yeah. gruesome, or it's so awful. It's so awful. And the same with, um, oh, about a boy. His oh, character. Nicholas Holt. I forgot his character's name, though. Tyler? He, yeah. he was my favorite character in the movie. Just was he? His, his dogged insistence on being a part of the weirdness Uh that wonderfully you just they don't let you understand until it's too late (laughs) like like he's the one sneaking photos and he knows he's he's the only one that knows he's going to die when they had given the men a chance to escape which i was reasoning was probably as a means to sort of wear them down so that if they did try to mount an escape an actual escape or defense that yeah um 
<laughs> and instead of escaping, he's still trying to peer in and see see what the women are in on that. Yes. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's there at the window. Uh, also, uh, also the reward for the last one to be captured. <laughs> yes, and on in the little chicken. That was nice. Specialty he just opens the window dessert. and hands it to him and closes it. Like, yeah, we'll be waiting for you when you're done. <laughs> the developing relationship that the chef has with Anya Taylor-Joy's character, Margot. Yeah. Because she's not supposed to be there. He doesn't exactly know where to put her. So he gives her yeah. the option of of dying with the customers or with the staff. But mm. she's going to die either way. Just choose which team you're on. Uh, and then when you find out that the chef had been in correspondence with Tyler for months and months and planning this whole thing, and and he invited margo because he wanted to be part of this the restaurant doesn't accept reservations or seatings for one he has to I wasn't bring sure i wasn't sure i missed that part what, what did he invite her or was she there professionally she was there professionally mm -hmm. with him. oh okay okay i yes. mean obviously he still invited her but uh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. like how some people might do that for a wedding or mm, yeah you yeah. know so just so that they're not alone at this social event and then she flips out. Oh, man. Climbs across the table and starts punching him in the face. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that was nice. And then the chef is just looking at him like, well, you can't really blame her, can you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's He's the like, thing. Well, it's I like expression. <laughs> but then, then for a moment thereafter, you know, it seemed, you know, they pull her off and it seems like he's almost being rewarded. Because he gets to be a chef now. Mm, He's being invited yeah. to the kitchen. He gets to cook. We're going to personalize the And he's just standing there criticizing him. Oh, this is a new cutting technique. You know, it's uh, everything. Yeah. Of, just of which we have been woefully unaware. Oh, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> shallots and butter. Gee, never seen that before. I mean, he's just like <laughs> taking the piss out of him. It, it just, he just whispers to him. Yeah, you don't, you don't hear what I, he's I saying. love that. I love that that you don't you you'll never know what he said to him. But Ugh, you watch even the more body posture change, the increasing intensity that the chef is whispering to him, and and then you know he doesn't really say anything. He's just bawling silently. Says, "I'm sorry, chef," and then walks off. So, what are the reasons that everybody was invited? Why were they responsible for? Right. I, kept, well, they... I kept trying to figure out this and like why he felt like they deserved what they deserved. And I think some of them made sense. And then at a point, I think the film made a point to be like, some of this is just, he's just insane. Yes. Right. I thought that was his conversation with John Leg was almost character, but which, mm. you know, sounded crazy. Okay. You ruined my day. <laughs> <laughs> your but. face will be burned into my memory forever as the person who ruined that one day off that sounded crazy and it was a perfect lure yeah. but then you know i believe john luguzamo actually says you know what about her it's like where did you go to school brown yes. <laughs> student loans no i'm sorry you're dying <laughs> <laughs> It was it was such a great punchline to that whole scene. The actor was invited specifically because he was in a terrible movie mm. that ruined the chef's day off. <laughs> One day right. off that he had in forever. <laughs> the tech bros were there because of fraud and also yeah. part of the corporate machine that mm. the chef looks at as a vehicle of enslavement for his craft. The older couple, the, the regulars... 
they were there. The husband they, at least was there for his, uh, uh, you know, just just being the type that's ignorant of the things he's he's enjoying or should mm-hmm. be enjoying. Yeah, they couldn't name any of the meals that they had eaten there. I like that you might think like, should the wife be included in that? And by the end, she had almost uh, he he made a point of well, when he drowned the the head of the corporation. He said, "I'm free." Mm-hmm. And when Nicholas Holt's character, um, after his scene, um, he mentions to Anya's character, uh, now you're free. And I think that was kind of similar with the wife there, being, you know, freed of this philandering, terrible husband. And she almost seemed to be, she was the first to sort of accept what was happening at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And actually reached out to grab the chef's hand and say, thank yes. you. Yes. Yeah. But it's it's just bananas. It's a bananas plot and banana story in a great way. <laughs> in a great way, yes. Again, satire. But like I said, the turning point was a cheeseburger. He orders her to go get this. Uh, this it was a barrel. Barrel that contained some something they needed to make the desserts, and he didn't actually tell the maitre d to get it. Uh, he was saying she forgot to get it, so you go get it. And she. This is another one- bit of him improvising. Do you? Right. Think- I couldn't mm-hmm. tell. Maybe we were left to wonder whether or not this was him trying to let her go or testing her. Right. I feel like it was testing her. Yeah, I I thought you could go that way. Definitely. And she goes into his house and like discovers, oh, he was a line cook at some diner. It was like employee yeah. of the well, month. The, the house, she finds the that house is it an exact replica like a of practice the restaurant. kitchen or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They, they also made a big deal that. It, along the tour that oh what's that building over there that's chef's house nobody's allowed in there the chef the staff don't go in there nobody it is off limits that's the first place she heads as soon as she's able to get out of the restaurant and finds the shortwave radio office and burgers and radioing yep and then you get the coast guard scene that oh was that nice. was a yes. great setup too that was nice <laughs> yes you get that moment where people are you know cautiously optimistic that reminds me of the birthday cake the birthday cake like oh yeah just, just for no reason yes <laughs> the little joke about you guys told him it was my birthday like you might do at a restaurant yeah <laughs> and the guy says seemed funny about three hours ago <laughs> <laughs> that was good that was good it never and it's a gorgeous cake too it, oh, yeah. it's like so serious at times and then it's just so completely goofy i mean it's the way dark comedy should be in, yeah. in my mm-hmm. opinion it, it takes itself so seriously it's funny Everything is set up so well. You have the chef, oh, yeah. and and you know the Coast Guard's come, guy comes in. He's just investigating the report that he got. Oh, the tension of all the guests trying to just convey with their faces. Mm-hmm. Help us! Did any of you ha- even guess? No, I didn't. I thought that I, I thought it was great. I, I was yeah, expecting yeah, him I, to I be dispatched somehow. I didn't expect I yeah, yeah. the turn. That's so well done because. I'm thinking back on it. I'm like, well, of course, but we're the people that look for these tropes and they got us. Yeah, they got. <laughs> yes. us. Oh, yeah, they got. Us. <laughs> That's what good writing will do and good performances. Mm-hmm. It's the expressions on the guest face. Yes. That so crushed with them. He just realizes what's going on. Anya's character has betrayed the family again. I wondered in that scene whether she was more upset that she was back in the position of dying with the rest of these people or that he had accused her of being one of them. And I enjoy the ambiguity of that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I like some of the unanswered questions in this uh, in this yeah. script. The performances are killer in this movie. I love it. Everybody, everybody's great. Yeah, and at the end when they're getting ready to wrap up and just before dinner or just before dinner, just before dessert, she stands up and calls the chef out. I love that she uses, you know, Nicholas Holt was horrible to her, but I love that she uses something he said to rescue herself. Uh Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Brings it back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She doesn't like any of the food. And to go back to something we didn't talk about was their conversation together in the bathroom, which is going to come up about, you know, her not eating the, eating the food, not enjoying it. And that he said that wounded him. And he seemed, you know, sincere about he was that. Sincere about <laughs> it, yeah. She calls him out for having no joy in any of his food. It's just performative. It's, yeah. there's nothing behind it. And when she's doing that, you can see on Ralph Fine's face, phenomenal actor again, the wheels start to turn. His approach starts to change. He wants to he, see where she's going with this. Yes. And, and yeah. so he he asks her, what would you like? like you know, there, there's that, you know, oh, how hungry are you? I'm starving. Well, yeah. what would you like? I can, what do you have? We have everything. Yes. <laughs> I cheeseburger. Want a cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the, the, the utterly, the pointless back and forth about how much will that set me back? <laughs> Fries yeah. <up> with that. <laughs> is the she the really one? is bringing yes, him back to that, um, <laughs> you know, chef customer, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, relationship. Uh, what was it he said it's like 995 that's what he good. that's what he craved and it was so good to use that again yeah like, <laughs> it's like she gave him she gave him back for a moment what like what he'd lost and what like yeah. drove all of this and so like he spared her yeah. well and he had that pick it was a was it an employee of the of the month it's like an employee yeah, of the month photo from, from, whatever, a, from a fast food restaurant that yeah. he worked at when he was a teenager he looked so stupidly happy Yes. yes. That, that burger <laughs> on the spatula, it, it was right out of SpongeBob. <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he goes through the whole process. And when he's talking to Margot about the cheeseburger and how it's going to be you know, the best that that she'll ever have. And American be, cheese. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, like what cheese? What did, he, cheese? what did he say about the cheese? The, American the cheese, cheese the for a cheeseburger. Yeah. Because yeah. it melts without breaking. Right. Okay. <laughs> yes. Oh, what, what was it that he said? Is something to the effect of, I'll make a cheeseburger so good, it will remind you of the, the cheap cheeseburgers that your parents couldn't afford. Yeah. And <laughs> he goes to work. And it's it's the whole, the, all the cinematography is absolutely gorgeous. Oh, it's amazing. He's making a burger and you're like constructing this hamburger. I think also, it also showed the devotion this staff had to him where here, where mm-hmm. he's completely breaking with what the whole event's yeah. supposed to be about, but they're still just, yes, chef and assisting him. Oh, yeah. And and they're paying attention too because you know, you know, the, the chef is cooking. <laughs> it's like, right, you, right. You pay What's attention to when next? chef cooks. How's he doing this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and he has the the perfect onions and the cheese and the patties and everything set up great payoff when he finally serves it to her i love too that he served it on a paper plate yes because the, the, oh, the plate yes. itself is like bending from the weight of the the burger <laughs> greasy the beautiful greasy. thing yes, yes. <laughs> and throughout this whole conversation that they're having again on on the face of ralph fines you can see the wheels turning and i have paused for a moment it's mm-hmm. rafe it's rafe fines <laughs> rafe yes oh my rafe. gosh rafe 
I've uh, I've seen in an interview with him that he pronounces his name Rafe. <laughs> R-A-L-P-H is Rafe. If, if you've seen how it's spelled, yes, yes. Now you have sounds to, like so Soltis, when you edit this, if you can just edit yourself going Rafe every time. <laughs> that'd be great. Get, get one of your kids to say Rafe and Rafe. <laughs> play it over the top. Oh, well, my apologies. Rafe finds. <laughs> When he listens but, to this, he'll forgive us. But he <laughs> he understands what she's doing, and he goes yeah. along with it. You know, she takes a bite, and it is magnificent. Well, you she wonder for a moment how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But she loves this. He really appreciates, like, her challenging him. And not oh, yes. just kind of yes. cowering down um, like everyone else. And this is one of those stories where you're probably constantly thinking, well, I would have done this and I would have done oh, that. Yeah. And they do address that within the story where he says like, mm-hmm. did you ever, you guys ever wonder like why you didn't try harder mm-hmm. to escape? <laughs> There's a great deal of psychology that goes into these kinds of situations where there's a de facto agreeableness that goes to people in this position. Like um, he is yeah. the chef, he's the head of the kitchen, he runs the show. The clapping so strongly represent, like he clapped at oh, everyone, yeah. not just the staff, but the, the customers. Everyone came to attention. Didn't she use that before the, uh, the I send this back? Yeah, yeah she did. Yeah, she, she used it against him. To get his attention, yeah. But where where she says that her eyes must have been bigger than her stomach, could she take this to go? Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Who did want a hamburger after that scene? I... <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I want one right now. I'm not a I'm not a big fan of hamburgers, but I I was I wanted one. Yeah, <laughs> I love too. Like the old lady gives her the nod. I'm like, oh yeah, where it. she looks back and it's almost yeah. Like, is she asking for per- permission it. or forgiveness? Is she looking on the, at them with like pity or? And yeah, the lady, the lady sort of gives her permission to. And that's another like one of those beautiful moments of ambiguity. After she leaves, it comes back to the restaurant where he starts going in his final mo- monologue and decorating, doing the dessert things with the s'mores. Covering them in marshmallows. Oh, it's beautiful. Okay. As they're, the as they're ladling the, the liquid marshmallow. Yeah, I would and... say it's like marshmallow fluff or something, yeah. I've only seen this once, so I had to look this up because I I I love this line, but where they're, where he's in introducing the s'more and he calls it the most offensive assault on the human palate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and it's associated with innocence, and mm. gets mm. gets very philosophical about the s'more. Mm. But um, even though with that the s'more, you get this nice overhead shot of like it being a giant plate, um, with how the guests are arranged perfectly, how each one called plating, and it too is an art. <laughs> it is, yeah, and they're labeling. Uh, I think Sultus has said like the liquefied marshmallow and mm. like yeah, the, the, the chocolate they're doing all that, yeah. They're making this the... giant intricate pattern all around them, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was just, it was so well done. Uh, you had mentioned earlier the marshmallow shawls and yes. the chocolate hats that all the it's guests. It's like the are Wicker given. Man. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I, I immediately went to Scooby Doo and thought, let's eat our way out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just the, the dedication that this chef has for his plans. He reaches into the fire to grab the coal by hand, and mm-hmm. you know, as he's finishing his monologue, walking to the center of <sighs> That's the right, because he talked about the asbestos. So hands. dramatic. Yeah, and he uh-huh. just grabs the coal. Yeah, mm. and drops it, and he's the first to light up. Yeah, 
and then it spreads to everyone. You get these beautifully grotesque shots of of the chocolate melting and then close-ups of the marshmallows expanding and just all the effects of everything. The restaurant staff opening the taps for the gas stoves. And, <laughs> and then we get the lovely cathartic shot of her just digging into that burger on the boat, watching the carnage. The thing about this is, is it's, it's shown as like a chef and customers and a restaurant and food, but it really, it relates to any kind of art or people that make things. Yes. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and the corruption of that of the yeah, purity yeah. of the art form. Thank you for joining us in the dimension of our midnight cape. We hope you'll visit us again. From myself, Lumberdor, Beaches, and Doug. Thank you, and good night. I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I knew nothing going into it, but it, it was so well done. And especially like so many things nowadays are nowadays are to me are so predictable. And so did any of you have any expectations oh, going into overdone this? and retelling of other stories that this was it was really nice to see something this original, but also knew when to not give you too much information so much. I feel like so many, so much of the art with movies is lost because so much information is fed to the audience because the people behind the movies don't feel like anything. They can't figure anything out. That's one of the problems with Disney and yeah. the MCU and all the movies that they make is it's very corporatized and very formulaic. We have to have this many action sequences. We have to have this kind of character. We have to have this kind of thing. We have to have this sort of situation. It is rigidly structured to the point okay. where the art is lost. May I play devil's advocate for the studios for just one sure. moment? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, yes, I, I agree that I, I like <laughs> it's a corporate I, show. <laughs> I, I like for stuff to all not always be spoon fed to me and over explained and uh, uh, ambiguous. That said, there was a movie I mentioned uh I don't know how long back, uh, Liam Neeson, The Grey, apparently an ambiguous ending. I didn't think it was all that ambiguous, but no. it's it's known as an ambiguous ending. I saw that in a the theater and the amount of people leaving going, what the hell? What happened? Oh, yeah, they I don't understand. a lot of flack for that ending. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, and when you see that, you kind of understand why studios shy away from that stuff because there's too many audience members don't like it. <laughs> It's, a, it's not just movies, though. It's that way with TV shows and comics and everything. It's any kind of media, really. I think you can tell, too, like you talked about all of the uh, research that went into this and all the care mm -hmm. that went into it. It shows when they're not phoning in, like, the details, I think, too. And I think this movie sort of exemplifies that, like, real attention to detail on, like, every every little thing i could see the ending of this being one that some people would view as ridiculous just oh it was a great movie until that ending what the heck was up with that ending why did all those people just sit around and let themselves get burned yeah, yeah. <laughs>